Hallelujah. Listen, we had the most amazing New Year's Eve service last night. And if you were not here, you need to go and listen to that message because it was the prophetic message for 2023 that we all need to partake of and be aware of. And for those of you that are online, if you did not uh, tune in last night, you need to go and listen to the message because there's so much instruction for us. And I can tell you I was here and I heard every word, but I don't believe I really heard every word. So I'm going back and I'm going through it probably multiple times because it was so loaded with the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to welcome each and every one of you today. Thank you for our online community. Thank you for those who are here in person. There is no better place to be on January 1, 2023 than in the house of the Lord. The Lord has told us to gather together in His name. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father God, we thank You. We thank You for the privilege to pray. We thank You for the privilege of, of coming together in Your name. We thank You for the privilege of serving You and honoring You and loving You and letting our light shine. Lord, You have told us, though the darkness gets darker, the light gets brighter. And we decree this year in the name of Jesus that we will let our light shine before all men, believers and unbelievers alike, that they may see our good works and they will glorify God. Father, I thank you for using us. We are your body, Lord, and, and we submit to your headship and to your authority. And we speak the name of Jesus that is above every name. And Lord, I just feel to say this. Lord, we as your people, we as Regeneration Nashville, we will make room for the Holy Spirit of the living God to do whatever he wants to. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. beginning and the end. You're the beginning and the end. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever.
for Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Oh Lord, we thank you for your salvation. Father, we're saved. We're saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving us.
lift our voices in this room today and online all over a hundred nations around the world we're all lifting our voices and today today not only are we reaching out he's reaching out to us everyone every first Sunday of the month here at regeneration we take communion so I'm gonna ask you to get your communion in your hand 
We don't do this just as tradition, although it's a, a, a wonderful church tradition. We believe that there is power in the communion. Jesus did it with his disciples, we know, the night he was betrayed. The Apostle Paul said, then the Lord gave me the revelation about communion. Every time that the Lord broke bread and blessed it, something miraculous happened. You realize the first time that he broke bread, he took a boy's lunch. Five loaves, two fishes. He broke it and he blessed it. When he blessed it, it went beyond. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When he blessed it, it touched the multitudes. So today we're believing as we break bread, God's going to do something here in this room. We be I believe with everything that's within me today that his body was broken for us that we might be made whole. I'm believing today that Jesus is going to heal the people. How many would agree Jesus is going to heal the people today? Two words last night out of the multitude of words, the prophetic word that uh, Pastor Kent brought. Felt like he, the Lord was saying this, 2023 was going to be a year of manifestation. The fullness, manifestation, manifestation. And then Pastor Candy talked about the bloodline. Well, we're going to take that today and declaring no more, Satan. No more, no more. So, Father, we lift this cup to you. We lift, Lord, this bread. We lift this juice. And, Lord, we declare today that your work is finished from the foundation of the world. And we declare today as we receive your body, and Lord, we receive your blood, we take and we eat of you, that Lord, your life is going to be released in us in a new dimension and a manifestation of your power, your glory, your life is going to fill every vessel in here today. So we ask you to sanctify this as we receive it today. And Lord, we do this in faith, in your promises, in Jesus' name. Now, will you take the bread? And I want you to take it. I just got to say, I was in prayer this morning, and the Lord assured me that there was going to be a manifestation of his healing in this room, 2023, the prophetic word of healings like we've never imagined before. But I want to say right now, you just took a seed. You just took a seed. You just took a seed. You took a seed of the body of the Lord for healing. Now I've spilled my juice. But I want you to take it now. And we declare right now the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, maybe that's just a sign. 
Maybe that's just a sign where the Lord says that the enemy can't cross anymore. How many will declare that right now? How many will say, no more? I said, no more. But according to the power and the life of the resurrection of Jesus, we receive it done. Amen and amen. Come on. Let's, come on, let's, let's welcome our youth pastor. Thank you. Man, God is so faithful. I just, I, I mean, we went to a new level last night, but I'm expecting it to go even higher today. God is faithful, and he is showing the strength of his arm in this house. As we begin to turn our hearts to giving, I was thinking, I was meditating on, on tithing. And, and, you know, if God, if you burst something out of, out of the flesh, you got to sustain it out of the flesh. But if you burst something out of the spirit, God sustains it. And God sustains this house. And so when, when, when we begin to sow and, and sow our finances, it's not, it's not so much about sustaining the house, but it brings you under the headship of Christ. It brings you under his government. It is an act of faith and you are sowing your heart. The Bible says where your money is, there your heart is also. Life can be a rough road sometimes. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, but it says the way of the transgressor is hard. But have you ever heard the testimony of a tither? Because they say, mm, mm, when when the enemy came in like a flood, Jesus raised up a standard against him. I've heard Pastor Kent tell the testimony many times when God asked him to give 50% of his income and they were so behind on their house note and they had had their electricity shut off so many times it was a rocky road and the enemy came in like a flood but the Lord came through for them miraculously and in a moment paid off their house note. Jesus raised up a standard against the devourer of the enemy. That's a testimony of a tither. I think a John Michael, my bald-headed brother, and he was out of a job for six months, and the Lord prophesied to him and said, son, you will not lose anything, and I watched over six months. They made every house payment. They made every car payment. They had food on their table, and today they are blessed with a job better than he had before, better than he could imagine. That is a testimony of a tither, and so when you sow today, you are sowing a good testimony you are putting yourself under the headship of Christ and watch what Jesus will do for you. Amen. Amen. We'll say this offering declaration together this, this afternoon and if you'll say it with me. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake. I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people.
Praise the Lord, Regeneration Nashville. How's everybody doing? Happy New Year. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, okay, watch this. If no one's told you they love you today, I want to be the first. And if I am the first today, then I am the first this year. So I love you. I'm so happy you're here. Happy New Year. We're just delighted. Uh, I tell you what, there, there is there's something stirring in the atmosphere. Pastor Kent prophesied last night that we would go to bed one way last night and wake up different this morning. How many of you that came to pass in your life? It did for me. It did for me. I feel the presence of the Lord uh, so strongly, and I just feel uh, I just feel renewed. We've got some great things happening. I don't want to take a whole long time in this service. We've got a lot of things planned in this service today, and uh, we are believing for miracles today. Are you? Did you come believing for the, the atmosphere is seated for miracles today, and we're going to see miracles this month, the month of January, we're going to press in hard to the Lord. We're going to press in to the Spirit of the Lord. And so every night, let me start over, every weeknight, Monday through Friday, we're going to be praying at the old location, 535 Brick Church Pike. And we will be praying from 5 to 7. You don't have to come and say two hours. You can stop in and pray for a while if you want to. But we want to press into the presence of the Lord. This month is a type of, of first fruits of 2023. I've heard Pastor Kent say this a lot. And you may have heard me say it. But uh, if you follow easy after God... Life is hard. If you follow hard after God, life is easy. And this church, this church follows hard after God. We have a group of people that are passionate about their walk with God, that are very intentional, intentional about seeking the Lord, and that is you. And so we want to we pray together from Monday through Friday at the old location, 5 to 7. Now, you can go a little bit deeper and come on Wednesday night. We're going to have a Bible study from 6 to 7. We'll pray. So it's a two-hour uh, window there from 5 to 7. The first hour we'll pray. The second hour we'll have a Bible study. That's on Wednesday nights just for the month of, uh, of January. Also, you can go a little deeper here. On uh, January the 11th through the 13th, we will be fasting together as a church family. If you've never fasted before, this is a perfect opportunity for you to come and have uh, the support and the encouragement of your church family. It is very important that we as Christians learn how to rein our bodies in, how to push away from the table and feast at the master's table in the spirit. So that's what we're going to do in the month of January. We're going to be uh, fasting uh, the 11th through the 13th. We will end the 13th, the, the evening of the 13th. Pastor Kent will be leading us in communion as a church family. So also, if you are online, will those Wednesday night services be online? No. 
Well, just be praying and fasting with us, okay? If you're online and part of our online family, uh, we will still have our Bible studies on Tuesday, my podcast, and Pastor Kent's on Wednesday. So we just want to press in hard for the month of January, and it's going to be an amazing month. And uh, God sees whatever you sow. And he will honor it and he will bless it. And so we're believing God for greater things in 2023. So now I want to know where you're from. I've shaked, shaked, shook, shook, shook. I shook hands with lots of folks today from others from other states and I want to know where you're from so I first met some people from Mississippi if you are from Mississippi in this room would you stand and let us welcome Mississippi anybody all right all right praise the Lord we're glad to have you all right who else Florida who's from Florida Stand up, Florida. Let us welcome Florida. Thank you. Dog the Bounty Hunters from Florida. I appreciate that. We're, we're glad to have you. Did I hear Texas? Stand up, Texas. Let us welcome Texas. We're glad you're here. Oh, man, all over the room. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Louisiana. Stand up, Louisiana. We're glad you're here. Lord bless you. Amen. Welcome to Nashville. Uh, anybody else? Illinois, stand up, Illinois. Let us welcome Illinois. We're glad you're here, over here too. Yeah, amen. You said? Michigan, stand up, Michigan. Let us welcome you. God bless Michigan. We're glad you're here. Kentucky, stand up, Kentucky. Let us welcome to Kentucky. All right, wow, lots of Kentuckians. Sorry? Pennsylvania. Stand up, Pennsylvania. We're glad you're here. God bless you. Anybody else? Iowa. Where's Iowa? Stand up. God bless you. Welcome to Nashville. Somebody said something over here. Georgia. Stand up, Georgia. Anybody from Georgia? Stand up. Let us welcome you. We're glad you're here. Welcome. Anybody else? Alabama. Y'all hear that? Alabama. Stand up, Alabama. We're glad you're here. Lord bless you. All hearts clear? New York. Stand up, New York. Glad you're here. Welcome. I heard a lady back here. Indiana. Stand up, Indiana. Amen. We're honored to have you. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Uh, I am just so delighted to be able to uh, uh, introduce our musical guests for today. We've been so blessed uh, by their music, by their anointing. They sang all over the world, done music symposiums symposiums in Africa and all around the world. These people are powerfully anointed. Make welcome higher ground. Of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yes, they shall sing. 
Tremendous. I don't know. It's, uh, it's difficult to describe anointing. Just when you think you have it figured out, it shifts on you and changes. Um, I was reflecting on the fact of some of the things that God has been speaking prophetically. And one of the things that I do know is that we have come into a time where we're going to stand now and behold the salvation of the Lord. And we are, we are literally in a position of rest. Yes. 
So it's, it's no accident that the very first day of 2023 is the Sabbath. Because we have entered into the Sabbath of the Lord at the beginning of the last sovereign hand of God in the earth. And uh, we have done our work. We've done it. We have sowed the seed. We've watered. We've nurtured. We've protected. And, but the Bible says that only God can give the increase. And so we are out of the time of sowing. We are in the year of increase. And that means that only God is involved. Only God can do it. And so I am, I am encouraged. I want you to be encouraged that uh, <clears throat> the Bible says that when a man ceases from his own labor, he enters into the rest of God. So today we declare that every harassing spirit that has assaulted each and every one of you is bound in Jesus' name, and it has to stop. So before I, I get into the word of the Lord, God quickened this in my spirit. Um, Suzanne, you had asked me if, if I would lay hands on you. But more than that, I, God has begun to speak to me while we've been in this service. And uh, <clears throat> I want to minister to you prophetically. So you can come on either side or we can open that up. Hallelujah. Daughter, you are well acquainted with suffering and pain and rejection. In fact, most of your life, says the Lord, you have felt invisible. And people would look at you and go, that can't be her. Look what she has been involved in. But the Lord says, I see your heart. And God says, for years, you have felt like you were overlooked, that there is so much inside of you that has never been tapped, and that you have just been passed by. You have lived in the shadows of others. You've even lived in the shadow of your husband. And yet, I did not raise you up to be invisible, says the Lord. And you've wondered, God, why have I never been successful why don't I feel like that I have contributed I have kept you says the Lord for this time I would not let you be involved in that which is dying I would not let you be lifted up because then I would have had to taken you through a different way to pull it out of you Daughter, when I look at you, your father today causes, calls you a preserver of truth. You have sustained, says the Lord, the purpose of God for this hour. So this time, now, says the Lord, I'm going to open heaven over your life. Hell yeah, Baba Sunday. And this grief 
and this sorrow and this broken heart says the Lord today I heal you in the name of Jesus I heal you in the name of Jesus I put a song of joy in your spirit says God I loose you by the power of the Holy Ghost Sunday Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. That's not just a word for her. That's a word for a whole bunch of people in this house that have been shunned, rejected, despised, overlooked, maligned, talked against, and yet God looks at you today and says that you are holy, you are righteous, you are faithful, and the favor of God is upon you. The heavens are open over your life, and God is going to take the stone that the builders rejected. He's going to make it the head of the corner. Hallelujah. And what men have said could not be, the Lord's going to take that which is been despised, that which has been overlooked, that which has been weak and base, and everybody said it's not necessary, you're not valuable. God says, watch what I do. Promotion, promotion, promotion. You are not cheap wine. God crushed you, then he put you in a bottle mixed with your tears, hid you in a dark room, and said, now I'm going to put power in you through fermentation. He let your gift, what you thought was rotting, was maturing. That when men begin to drink of what you have out of your life, They're going to say, oh, God, save the best for last. Hallelujah. That's who you are around the world right now. You are who God has saved. The best for last. Hallelujah. That's good stuff right there. All right, I want to share something with you that's been in my spirit. Amen. If you want to know how the church is going to look and how it's going to end, you have to go back to the book of Genesis and see how God created us. Everything from Genesis on has been about bringing man back before the fall. So the rest of the Bible, after the first three chapters of Genesis, is a story of God's endeavor of restoration. We know that the Bible says, and God said, let us make man, and I want to take you on a journey through the scripture here, but he says, let us make man in our image, 
and in our likeness. That means that Adam looked like the Holy Ghost. He looked like the Word. And he looked like the Father. Because it didn't say, let's make man in the image of the Word. Or it just says, make man the image of the Holy Spirit. It said, let's make man in our image. So no wonder the Scripture says about Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Because Jesus had to look like God. Because he was God. But I'm getting ahead of my story. So when God made Adam and Eve, I would love to have a picture of them. The scripture will talk about different women in the Bible. It talks about Bathsheba. It talks about, says Rebecca was a beautiful woman. Says Rachel was a beautiful woman. Says Sarah was so beautiful that Abraham told everybody she is my sister, which really she was. Just had different mothers. So I don't know if beauty back then is different. Culture defines beauty in our day. To some cultures, you know, 300 pounds is beautiful. Not here. Unless you're six foot eight. <clears throat> but they were beautiful because God doesn't make junk. And yet, the scripture says that they had, they didn't wear clothes. But they weren't naked because they were wearing the glory of God. I don't know what glory looks like. Moses got a glimpse of it. And just getting a glimpse of the glory of God covered Moses' face. That man flesh could not look on his face and there had to be a natural veil put on it because the glory was such an amazing covering that the natural eye couldn't handle it. And so Adam and Eve are covered. They are clothed with God's presence. They are clothed with God's nature. And then we know the story that Eve succumbs to the temptation of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Eats of it. <clears throat> In verse 7, it says of Genesis 3, and the eyes of them both were opened. It's interesting because they weren't blind. And yet the Bible says the eyes of them both were opened. It's not talking about natural eyes. It's talking about, well, actually it is now, but they didn't see through nature. They saw through the eyes of God. So they could see into the spirit realm. When they ate of that fruit, immediately sin came in. And when sin came in, God took his garment off of them. So I want to talk to you today about the garments of God. And the Lord in this verse says this. Says they 
both of their eyes were open, they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Whenever a church or a nation or a culture clothes themselves in flesh, they will always hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. And whenever a church has to be sustained by gimmicks and entertainment, that church will hide themselves from the presence of the Lord because the presence of God uncovers nakedness. Each man in the eyes of God, we are made manifested to the presence of the Lord. And so immediately when the covering, the garment of God's presence was taken off of Adam and Eve and their natural eyes are open to being able to understand their spiritual condition, when they looked at themselves, they said, we're naked. And shame came. If there had been no shame, then they would have not felt the need to make fig leaf aprons. Sin always makes you feel shame. So from that moment on, fellowship between God and men is totally severed. And God shifts man out of his presence, puts him outside of the garden, still loves him, but can't fellowship with him because one verse says this. It might be in Psalms. It says, God cannot look on sin. The eyes of God cannot look on sin. So God no longer is able to fellowship with man because man is in the flesh realm and God is in the spirit realm. But the heart of God yearns to be with men. And so we begin to see at times how God would come along and want to fellowship with man, but he cannot because man is flesh. So God began to use theophanies. He'd be, at times, he would look at a man that was full of faith and think, I want to talk with him. So God came down and he created a garment called Melchizedek. Stepped into it and zipped it up. Because men could not see God in the spirit. So God said, I'll let you see me in a theophany of flesh. And when Abraham saw God in the flesh, the Bible said he decried, I have to tie to him. I've got to give him something. Now, bless me. Hallelujah. But at that moment, God couldn't stay in that realm. Unzipped that theophany, stepped out of it. And went back into the realm of his presence. There are other instances where we find that God needing to be in the flesh realm would come in the form of a man. 
when he dealt with Jacob's surplanting nature, Jacob couldn't come into the spirit. So God, hallelujah, again took on the form of a man and he wrestled with Jacob. In that realm where Jacob was living in sin and evil and lying and conniving. But God says, you're part of a trinity called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So for a moment, God steps out of the spirit, steps over into the realm of the flesh, puts on a theophany that makes him look like a man, wrestles with Jacob, touches the hollow of his side, changes his nature, puts him back in relationship with his brother, and the prodigy of God continues on. And then God unzips it, steps out. And man, again, has no way to know or to see God. There's no fellowship. Until one day, God moves on the prophet Moses. And he said, I want to be with my people. So he said, I want you to build me a house. And he gave him the dimensions and the specifics and the patterns. He said, build it exactly like I tell you. It was called the tabernacle, which means to dwell with. And when that last bit of that tabernacle was constructed, the last badger skin, the veils, all of it was done. God stepped from the realm of heaven into the physical realm of the holiest of holies. And he put on the garment of the tabernacle. Though he was still hid from men, he was in the realm of the flesh, but housed in the purity of the holiest of holies. And he could communicate with men through a high priest that still was sinful in nature, had to have the atoning blood of an animal on him before he could even go in and be separated for seven days. And yet, once a year, man could walk into the holiest of holies where God had on the garment of the natural, and there would be communication. Time goes on, things get old, men change. God could not accomplish his purpose until one day the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit are conversing and fellowshipping. And give me some latitude here, but maybe... They said, I wish it could be like it used to be. I wish that we could walk with men and talk with him. And he's covered with our glory and our presence. And there's a sweet fellowship. But we are separated by something called sin. And man lives in the flesh realm. And God is a spirit, and he lives in the spirit realm. 
So God Almighty said, somebody has to go down and put on permanently the garment of flesh. Because man can't come to us, so we're going to him. Because man left us, and he can't come back. So I'm going to man, because if I go to man and put on the garment of his flesh, then I'm going to cause him to come back to where we are. And so we find that the word, John 1 and 14 says, the word, what, became flesh. Colossians says, God was manifested, which means revealed. Nobody had seen God. They'd seen theophanies. They had seen him put on a garment, a temporary garment, and hear the voice. But, but nobody walked with God like they did in the Garden of Eden. They could just communicate. And God knew that Adam and Eve didn't have any clothes on, but it wasn't in a realm of flesh. It was in the realm of righteousness and holiness. They didn't see the flesh. They saw the presence of the Lord. Could it be the reason we've not had what we want? of the house of the Lord that there has been so much flesh so much ugliness until we have become naked no wonder the Lord told Laodicea I counsel thee to buy of me garments hallelujah for you are naked and you don't know it It might be that God right now as the master tailor is building a garment, hallelujah, of the last harvest and of the glory of the Lord. And for each and every one of us, I'm telling you that there is a God Almighty that's getting ready to walk in this year and say, here, put this on. This is me, hallelujah. And that the world no longer sees a church that's naked and unclean, but they see the manifested presence of of the glory of God that we are being restored back, back, back to the Garden of Eden. God will never come back for the church until the church is occupying the place of man before he fell. Impossible. Because we cannot be in heaven and be clothed with flesh. And naked, we have to be clothed with the glory of the Lord. So the word, we have to remember that Jesus, the physical body of Jesus is only a couple of thousand years old. It hasn't existed in the physical realm for millions of years. Yet in the heart of God, he was slain before the foundation of the world. God understood what was going to be. But Jesus that we know in the physical realm only happened a couple of thousands of years ago. Before he was Jesus in the flesh, he was the word. So the word, the Bible says, came down 
and put on sinless garment that looked like flesh. He robed himself in what you and I lived in. Because he understood if I'm going to redeem you, I have to do it in a garment that you failed in. So no wonder when the angel came to Mary, named him, and then when Jesus was born, it said, he shall be called Emmanuel, being interpreted God with man. So now where the first Adam was naked, the last Adam has come back and put on flesh. He's put on a garment, a permanent garment. Jesus is wearing what Adam had taken off of him and was replaced by fig leaves. The problem, the reason the world doesn't like the church is because they don't see Jesus, they see fig leaves. And they're man-made on top of that. The garment's man-made. And so no wonder the church has gotten drunk on counseling because we don't have any power to cast out devils. So we take our sin and our weaknesses and we give them medical names when they're demons. But if you can't have power over something, then you have to choose not to believe in it so you can have some ability not to lose your mind. But until the church goes back and is endued with power from on high, we will never set the nation free. And so God, hallelujah, came down, put on a garment called flesh, he who was without sin, and walked among us. And God said, I'm back in a place with men. Now, it's not like the Garden of Eden because in the Garden of Eden, there weren't demons. You have to remember, too, in the Garden of Eden that when man created in the realm of the spirit has authority over everything, nothing can touch him. He can walk by. Of course, back then in in Adam's day, there weren't any cobras. There weren't any rattlesnakes. That particular entity did not exist. The snake was the most beautiful creature of all of the animal kingdom. Walked upright. Wouldn't you like to see how God originally made the snake? But see, God made the snake look like the ugliness of sin. And this is why, really, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll hate snakes. I ain't eating at anybody's house that has a pet snake. It's not normal. Take it even farther. The areas of culture that celebrate snakes is generally witchcraft, demonic, 
warlocks, crazy voodoo. The only time the serpent is really ever exalted in the Bible was when God sent a plague of snakes, snakes among the Israelites and they're all being bitten and dying. And the Lord told me, he said, hurry, Moses, make a brass serpent, stick it on a pole, and everybody that looks at it will be healed. It was a symbolic view of Jesus, hallelujah, becoming sin, hanging on the cross, that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. But God never made us in a way that we should love sin. <clears throat> I don't know how I got there. So, dog, I love you. I'm glad you're here. We've got great days ahead of us. There's no telling who God's going to put in this church before it's over. I mean it. <clears throat> there are so many people that are so hungry for God all over the world, and God's assembling an army. <clears throat> And I believe that we got amazing things God's going to do. So, God walks among men. Colossians 1 says this, Jesus became the image of the invisible God. This is why Jesus told, I think it was Thomas, he said, have I been with you so long and you don't know who I am? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father because I am the Father manifested in the flesh realm. <clears throat> it's just that when men have on a garment of flesh, when they wear fig leaves, they can't recognize what's going on in the spirit. This is why the eyes, the Bible says that God of this world has blinded the eyes of men. This is right now while Israel still can't accept Jesus as a Messiah because they have not yet stepped over into that realm. But there will come a day prophetically where the Bible says that God will open the eyes of Israel and they will look at Jesus whom they pierced and they will mourn and they will as a nation embrace Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Jesus will go back to Jerusalem and for 1,000 years he will rule and reign while the old serpent has been bound with a chain by an angel and the Lord hallelujah will cause the Garden of Eden to be reinstated in the earth. So gone has constantly down through the ages been in garment changes trying to get man back before he fell. That's all God wants is I want man back like I made him. And so Jesus 
put on the garment of flesh and walked among us, walked among men. Because he's trying to bring fellowship back. And so I'm, I'm, I'm condensing this for time because we have to lay hands on every single one of you. And I would like to be home by 9 o'clock tonight. So, <clears throat> so Jesus goes to Calvary becomes the lamb slain, takes his blood up in a 12-hour period up into heaven, puts his blood on the mercy, the true tabernacle, the true mercy seat. The courts of heaven drop the gavel and say, debt paid. No more, no more curse on humanity. They lay Jesus in the tomb, and he does a final garment change. Hallelujah. And on the third day, he unbuttons that old, torn, broken, bleeding, worn-out garment. And the Father, hallelujah, says, I've got a garment from heaven for the last Adam. And while he is in the tomb, Jesus puts on his last garment that man knows about. A glorified body comes out of the tomb. Hallelujah. Never to be touched by sin again. For 40 days now, the scripture says that he is in a resurrected form, revealing himself to around 500. And for 40 days, the scripture says he does nothing but teach and preach about the kingdom of God that is to come. He can see it by the Spirit. He, everywhere he goes, every time he talks to the disciples, he said, let me tell you about the kingdom that's getting ready to come. And they don't really comprehend it because they are still in a garment of flesh. They are still in a garment of sinful nature. They are still susceptible to the enemy. Until one day in Luke 24, Jesus looked at them. He said, I'm getting ready to leave. But he said, guys you're never going to be successful until you go to Jerusalem and you begin to wait and you begin to tarry he said because I'm fixing to take off my last garment and he said I'm making one more garment change and he, Paul said it this way put on the Lord Jesus Christ and on the day of Pentecost he said you shall be endued which means clothed with power 
power. And on the day of Pentecost, God had them hide out for 10 days because they had no garment. They were naked. They were unclean. They were unholy. But on the day of Pentecost, God laid down what he had had on and he put on you and me. He robed himself in the church. He put on the church. And this is in this hour. You and I are the final garment change of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when the world sees the church, it's scripturally true. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So today in this building, the final garment that Jesus has put on is sitting right here. One is a sleeve. One might be the hem. One might be the collar. Many members, yet one body. The problem that has arisen in the last two years, though, is that the garment that Jesus wears has gotten a little spotted. He told one church, he said, these are your spots in feasts, in your love feasts. So the Lord said, I am coming back for a church without what? Spot, wrinkle, or blemish that pertains to a garment. Now what God is saying to you and I is that there is a, another cleansing beginning to take place. You say, well, I don't know if it's that important. Then go back and read the story of the man that was invited to the wedding feast. And when Jesus looked at him, he didn't have on the wedding garment. He didn't have on Christ. And the Lord said, sir, why don't you have on the wedding garment? And the Bible said he was speechless. He had no explanation because he knew better. And the Lord said, take him and cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And most theologians believe that is the tribulation. What the Lord has been doing prophetically for the last couple of years, <clears throat> he has been, if the word becomes flesh and dwells among us, it says this, that you and I are made clean by the washing of the word. And God has begun to lose prophecy in an attempt to cleanse the church. And I believe that when we stepped through last night, midnight, God looks down on the earth and he sees the spotless lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And that's you and me, hallelujah, who have been made clean 
by the power of God. And so in the hour that we are in, Jesus no longer needs a theophany that's a temporary garment. But Paul said it good. He said, we have put on Christ. Hallelujah. So when we go to prayer now and on our daily private times with God, you know, when I'm sure that when most of you came to church, probably not all of you, some of you men probably didn't, but, um, you know, at least most women, when they put on something, they're looking to make sure there's a spot or a tear or anything like that. When we go to prayer, we are inspecting our garment to make sure there's nothing on it because when you see somebody dressed really nice but there's a spot of ketchup you don't remember who made that outfit you just go home going man did you see that ketchup on their shirt it could be the world has seen our spot of ketchup and they couldn't see Christ so God needs us to be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Aren't you glad that Jesus chose to wear you? Because on the day of Pentecost, when the church put on Jesus, the Father brought us back to the Garden of Eden where we have fellowship and the devil stands on the outside. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And we are safe, hallelujah, in the Garden of God. And if we are in the Garden of Eden spiritually, then it means that we are living in the seventh day, which means that God has rested from his works and you and I have rested from ours. And now it's just God calling it into being. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. Hallelujah. All right, that's what I got. Amen. We're going to lay hands on you. Hallelujah. I believe this is going to be a momentous day. Every time my wife, we heard somebody on a show one time trying to say multiple. And it was mumble. Every time we try to say multiple now, that's what comes out. We can't help it. This is going to be a momentous day where God is going to change you by the laying on of hands and the impartation of the power of the Lord. So how do we want to do this? All right. Praise team and prayer partners, come on. Why don't we stand up? <clears throat> how many is going to go home looking at yourself different? If... We are the garment of the Lord, then the enemy can't touch us, can they? Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I think we're going to have three lines. There are things that we do that you have to be careful not to let the enemy make you feel like, well, this is just symbolism without substance. This is not. Something is going to happen. It's sight, communion. Even though we do it on a monthly basis, every time we do it, it's powerful. And what we're going to do today or this afternoon is powerful because we are going to allow the Spirit of God to flow through us into you, and God is going to release the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to let you. So today in prayer, the Lord really impressed on me. The Bible says, unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. The Spirit of God is present in this room for miracles and signs and wonders. I believe it. I've believed it since I stepped in, in the room today. I've known it. Somebody is going home with a miracle. And so all the Lord asks us to do is be obedient and lay hands on you and let him do the work. Pastor Kent said we're in a day of rest. So when you come by, we've got all of our prayer partners. We've got uh, great men and women of God and the pastoral leadership of this church. And we just want you to pass through. We're going, to, we're going to be declaring over your life. We're going to be speaking in tongues. We're going to, we're, there's going to be a mighty impartation of the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe it. And so uh, what we're going to do, we're going to call you by section. And um, Pastor Linda, where is Pastor Linda? No, that's okay. So um, how, who do we have? It's a logistical nightmare, but I believe God said to do it. So you'll be patient with us, won't you? Yeah, okay. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is in this place. You're going to be dismissed by sections. Our ushers are ready to help you, and this will go very quickly, and everyone will be prayed for today. So we're going to start with this section over here. You'll come through, and the line will move very quickly. So just be patient. We're going to come and get you from the balcony, and our ushers are ready and able to serve you well. And it is okay. It is okay to come through this line and say, I need healing. There's no shame in it. So just come through this line and say, I, I need to be healed. And we're going to declare healing over your life in Jesus' name. Where's our praise team? Where's our jasmine? All right, sissy, come on. I want to remind you, too, that next Sunday we're going to be laying hands on children. We're going to get the children out of the children's department. If you've got a child that you want to hands laid on them, we're going we're gonna to lay hands. Of course, if you have children here today and they wanna, you want us to lay hands on them, come on. It's all right. But next week, we're going to be laying hands on children. So.
Nothing. 
they came to church today is God so good God is so good I want to pray on you we're gonna bless you and send you out what a way to start a new year but in the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost I just I just want to tell you one more time that I love you I do love you and I just I love doing life with you and following hard after God I appreciate your passion for the presence of God. I appreciate it. So Lord, bless your people. Lord, saturate them with the power and the presence of God. Lord, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, God, let them, God, be saturated with you. Lord, in 2023, take us, God, to new depths of the Spirit and new heights. Lord, I ask you, Father, Lord, that you would just breathe fresh life, God, upon the gifts and the callings of God. And I speak to the gifts inside of you that they will come forth, that they will be fruitful. You will be fruitful in 2023 in ways that you never knew. So, Father, bless and strengthen them. Replenish the virtue, God, of our people. Lord, bless our pastor, God, for the way that he's blessed us today. God, replenish his virtue in Jesus' name. I love you so much. Thanks for tuning in. 
For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.